This is a reading from Luke's Gospel, recording the birth of the child Gabriel promised to Elizabeth and Zechariah. It's found in Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 57. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. They said to her, there is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet. And to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately, his mouth was opened and his tongue set free. And he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe. And throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. Let me stop our reading there for just a moment to make a few observations. Luke takes the, the birth of John as a, a pivotal moment in the first few chapters of his gospel. The birth of John marks a shift from a long period of waiting and wondering, maybe even doubting. And with the birth of John is signaled a time and a season of great rejoicing. If the Advent season for you up to this moment this year has felt like a time of preparing and waiting, maybe wondering, but also doubting, let me encourage you this morning to consider whether this might be the time to enter into a space for rejoicing. I had my own little bit of rejoicing this week. Three times I received stickers in the mail. Thank you to those of you who, who were listening. <laughs> but we also see there are three celebrations, three occasions for rejoicing described here in the first part of this text. There are a series of celebrations that mark the coming of God, the faithfulness of God to his people. So as a way for us to, to enter into that celebration, I'm going to invite you to do a kind of responsive reading with me throughout uh, these next several verses. When I say the Lord comes near to his people or, or something similar to that, I want you to follow up with the phrase, let us rejoice, okay? So we can try that now. The Lord comes near to his people. Let us rejoice. All right, we're off to a good start. The first bit of celebration and rejoicing that we hear about in this passage is with Elizabeth's neighbors 
and her relatives. And they hear, not only is she with child, but now she has given birth to a son. And that son is held in her own arms, rests safely in her care. And so verse 57 in chapter 1 says that they come to be with Elizabeth, and particularly so that they might share in her joy, in her own rejoicing. So the Lord, we're told, has come near to Elizabeth. While Elizabeth and her neighbors, her relatives, are rejoicing with her, though, there is Zechariah, somewhat awkwardly present but unable to enter into that celebration, at least not into the, the songs and the sounds of rejoicing. Because we're told he is still stuck in his silence from that former encounter with Gabriel. And we see that his silence endures until the eighth day after John's birth. And then through a, a miracle that only the Spirit of God could coordinate, both he and his wife Elizabeth come to this shared agreement that the name of the child is to be John. In Hebrew, Yohanan, which means God has been gracious. God has given gift. God has shown favor to us. And at that moment of, of recognition, of reception of God's graciousness and favor toward him, Zachariah's tongue is set free. Luke says. And at the moment he begins to speak, he is also flooded with joy, and he begins praising God. So the Lord has come near to Zechariah. Finally, in verses 65 and 66, we're told the celebration moves beyond their immediate family, beyond just their village and out into the wider region of Judea. And it says that people begin talking, they begin wondering, what is this child going to be? Right? They hear the news that a couple who is advanced in years gave birth miraculously to a son. And they, they remember Abram and Sarah. They remember Hannah's story with Samuel. And they, they speculate, what is God doing? What is God preparing in the arrival of this new child? And during one of, of these times of gathering and speculation and celebration, we're told that the Holy Spirit comes upon Zechariah and fills him with a prophetic song of rejoicing. Look at verses 67 and following says, his father, John's father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets long ago, salvation from our enemies 
and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant. The oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies, to enable us to serve him without fear, in holiness and in righteousness before him all of our days. We're going to join Zechariah and join Elizabeth in their rejoicing. We need to know what it is they're rejoicing about. What's the content of their joy? Verse 68 says, firstly, it's about the coming of God to his people. And there's a, a retrospective sort of angle to this first part of Zechariah's song. He's looking back across the history of God's people and seeing how again and again God has come near. He's come near to deliver, come near to rescue, come near to save. Whether it was the, the deliverance of, of the Hebrew people in the Exodus, whether it was God faithfully bringing back the people of Israel from Babylon, God is always entering in to their story and drawing near. Commentator Edward Visser says, if, if we're going to imagine the song of Zechariah, we should imagine it being sung in the key of E. And he says, that's because the Greek word elios appears at the beginning, it appears at the middle, and it appears at the end of these verses recording the birth of John. Back in verse 58, on the day that John was born, Luke tells us it was a sign of God's elios toward Elizabeth. Here in this section, verse 72, we're told that John's birth reminds Zechariah of how God has consistently shown his elios to Israel throughout their past. And in verse 78, which we'll get to in just a moment, Zechariah sings about how God's Elios will be like a great light that comes to shine on those living in darkness. Elios is the New Testament's word for mercy. It's, it's probably a translation of what in Hebrew was called the hesed love or kindness of God. And it's it's God's mercy in every generation to redeem, to deliver, to save us so that we can belong to God, so that we can be his people, so that we can live in the freedom of that relationship unhindered. And God's mercy is not just something he does on occasion. It's not like we could say, there's God's mercy, or it was only in this particular instance. The scriptures actually say that mercy is part of who God is. Is. It's part of his being. When Moses saw God on Mount Sinai, saw a part of God on Sinai, the words that Moses heard in that moment were, I am Yahweh. I am the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy, the God of Hesed, God of Elios. He said, I'm the God who keeps my promises for a thousand generations. A God who forgives even the wickedness and rebellion and sin of his people. In Ephesians 2, Paul writes, because of God's 
great love for us. A God who is rich in mercy, in Elios. He has made us alive with Christ, the Son. And so the Lord comes near to us in this season with his mercy. The good news of Advent is that regardless of our circumstances, regardless of whatever else is changing, the mercy of God is a constant. Whether we are with child or whether we are childless, whether we are in the holiest of holies or whether we are in exile, whether we're in the prime of life or whether we're nearing its end, The mercy of God is always adventus. It's always coming. It's always near. It's always approaching our pain, our fear, our doubt to remind us of who God is. He is the Lord, the Lord, a God of compassion and mercy. So Zechariah sings about both God's mercy in the past He sings about the mercy of God to he and Elizabeth in the birth of a son. But he also sings about the mercy of God as an answer to this long season of darkness. This answer to a long season of doubt and waiting. And he says that the mercy of God will come like the sunrise after a long night of waiting. And in verses 67 through 69 we hear how John, the son who they have been given, how John will be the one who announces the dawning of God's mercy in this fresh and new way. Verse 76. And you, my child, John, you will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation, through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. Advent is that time where the mercy of God comes to us like a sunrise. Right? We, can, we can look back in the, the history of humanity and see this pattern of God coming again and again to his people. Sometimes the, the wait in between those times of rescue and redemption is, is longer than we expect. But the song of Zechariah says, God is a God of covenant love, of hesed love, which means... He will not. It means he cannot forget to show mercy. He has committed himself to come. And John's birth is evidence of this. John is a child of mercy to Zechariah and Elizabeth. A remembrance and and a reminder that God was listening during all those years of waiting. And in the same way, he has listened. And he is about to answer the waiting of his people, the people of Israel. 
And so when the people of, of Judea ask, who is this child going to be? The answer is he is the one who is preparing us to receive mercy. John will go before mercy made flesh. John's birth is a sign, as his ministry will also be a sign, that the sun from heaven is rising. And in his tender mercy, he is about to come and to break this long spell of darkness. The Lord comes near to his people. 